A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Good afternoon, morning, or evening, or middle of the night, or whatever it is. For all you listeners out there, this is the Small Machine Talks. I am A.M. Kozak, and I'm joined here by my co-host... Amanda Earl. And we are going to talk about poetry and poetry-related things. Yes, and happy National Poetry Month. All right, it is that. Yeah, it's been a while since we've gotten together and uh, done this, so it's nice to sit across the table from you again, Aaron. You as well. All right. I've been uh, catching up with, with life, just getting sorted in my new house, new neighborhood. Not quite as close to you anymore, but right. uh, a little bit of a further walk, but uh, I caught a bus today, so it uh, evened out. A bus? Oh. A bus, yes. Well, you'll have to, I guess once the, we- the weather gets better, you'll be able to ride your bike and... Uh... Yeah, I'm going to buy a bike. Oh, buy a bike. Yes. Did you not have a bike? I was borrowing a bike. Oh, I see. Okay. I'll buy a real bike. I see. I didn't realize that you had, you know, you were riding on a bike that wasn't your own. I was, uh, but now I have a job and uh, I will buy a bike. bike. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. And if anyone has, I don't suppose you want recommendations for bikes. No, I'm just, I look at Kijiji and I look at price range and then I might Google it quickly to make sure it's not a horrible deal. And then, all right, then I take it. There you go. Bikes and poetry. That's not necessarily the theme for today because we're we'll still not. See, we'll see what we what comes up. Maybe there's some biking poems that we. Maybe encounter. actually, there's there, a lot there, of biking poems. There are, in fact, there's a whole book of um, of uh, poems. Uh, I think um, "Reveries of a Solitary Biker" by a writer who's going to be coming to Ottawa uh, in in uh, this week, and we'll talk about that. Oh, well, That's we a go. teaser. We've already had a go. teaser. Uh, and if you don't want to wait for the teaser, you just fast forward to the end of the podcast. That's and right. Then you, you can find you out. <laughs> so you've been to a lot of things this past, uh, what, two months now since we've been together? Yeah, I guess I guess between January 30th and March 25th, I've been to, I, I went to quite a few events. It's true. So you did a lot of stuff for Black History Month from my, my notes here. looks like, what's your, what was your favorite event that you went to? For Black History Month, I went. I went to two events. If that's a lot of a lot, then I don't. It's more than I. It's more than. Um, it's more than I've gone to in the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I I liked. Uh, there were. I really liked both events. Uh, one was uh, Gift of Jazz, which had spoken word poetry by Jamal Jackson Rogers, who we've uh, mm-hmm. we have interviewed here on the podcast. And, and I, I heard that he did tap dancing. There, there was he didn't tap dance, but oh, <laughs> there see. was tap dancing okay. um, by by um, other two other people whose names I no longer remember, and right. there was also a whole um, just music about the history of uh, jazz, I guess, and mm. uh, going through time, and also there was. Um, a really cool medley at the end of um, Motown music, oh, and yeah. that was fantastic. I realized I should listen to more Motown music, but I, I sort of I'm making a point of trying to go to events that are a little bit outside my like normally I go to a lot of literary yeah. events, so I, I've been trying to sort of look at other events. I mean, first of all, I love going to music events; they're often too late for me because yeah. I'm really tired by nine. Me too. So these days. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the world. Of, yeah, it's, it's that, that is frustrating. And so if there is a, an earlier music event, and this is primarily music, although Jamal was great. I loved his his poems, yeah, and that was terrific. Yeah. The other event was also featuring him and Jackie Dutois. Now they both run the Origin together, along right. with a third partner. So they there was storytelling and poetry at the Ottawa Public Library 
in the in the main branch and it's a good venue to have uh one thing is because it's totally accessible like you know mm-hmm. that branch is at there most of the branches are so that was one thing and they just did it in the lobby they had a the library had kindly set up a microphone they had a circle jackie is an, a fantastic storyteller mm-hmm. uh jamal again um he delivered some great poems and uh, it was a really fun event so that was those were the two black history month events i went to yeah, there that so if that happens in february every year and we put it up on the bywords calendar if we we put up the stuff that has to do with spoken words uh, storytelling and any other literary type stuff that goes on during the but they they have other things as well so yeah i grew up listening to a lot of motown because i was you know windsor is in the suburbs of detroit yeah so you're detroit right media market yeah so all the radio stations are playing a lot of motown that's and, right uh, yeah. yeah it's I guess it strikes me since I moved away from there. I don't hear it nearly as much, obviously, no. here. But I remember when I was uh, traveling, I think it was when we were in Copenhagen, uh, some of the cool coffee shops were playing Motown. Oh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Puts you in a good mood, actually, I find. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. sort of, um, I do like Motown. I, I, I do, too. But the thing is, like, for when, when I was in my, was it? I don't know. Was it in my twenties? The movie The Big Chill I've was popular, yeah. yeah. And was, and the thing is, it had a lot of Motown music in it, and it kind of, I don't know. For a while, there it was just playing so much again that I oh, kind yeah. of got sick of it. But right. I used to, I used to. I mean, I've always been a big fan. So and I, I, I came out that night, um, and that that was at the. Um, it was actually at the. Um, national gallery in the auditorium that mm-hmm. event and i i didn't even realize they had an auditorium in there so that was nice so i walked home and i was in a really good spirits and i yeah. you know i was sort of i think i was i was singing a little bit as i was walking home it was like it was a perfect thing for a for a, a february or end of january mm-hmm. cold ottawa winter night my other related anecdote is uh, i love jazz i just got a jazz drum set yeah i did not know that well i should say i love jazz fusion Okay, so it's more contemporary. Well, it's yeah, or... contemporary, uh, like based on using jazz progressions or okay. that kind of thing, but mixing with other genres of music. So neat, hip hop or you know, um, rock or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you you're gonna tell an anecdote about the fact that you it's related to that. That was it. That was the that end. was the anecdote. Oh, it's <laughs> that was done. an anecdote. Okay, I thought you said mine are short. I love jazz and. I got a jazz drum set. Well, there you that go. That was the anecdote. That is cool. And are you going to be playing it anywhere or playing? I play every day. I mean, uh, uh, performing, sorry. Oh, not anytime soon, but right. uh, maybe one day once I get organized. But, you know, i got to shake off the rest. It's been a few years since I've had my own kit. Interesting. I'm a jazz fan, but I, I, I came to it uh, really. It, it took me till my 40s to come oh, to yeah. like to not see jazz as just like Muzak, because oh, you know yeah. how they play sort of like the well, classics. Well, like the in, smooth jazz. Yeah, like. that doesn't really do no. a lot. For me, but I really like um, Miles Davis, especially Bitches Brew. I love that mm-hmm. uh, record. I love that. I mean, that's just fantastic. And then there's some others, but again, it's it's older stuff. I I haven't really gotten into the closest uh, modern stuff I've gotten into is um, Archie Shep, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Bill Frizzell's piano and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I basically. Um, I, I was involved with someone who was a big jazz fan, and he introduced mm-hmm. me to a lot of jazz, which was terrific. Mm-hmm. You know, what my musical taste tends to depend on who I'm involved with. Right. That, you know, and, and they tend to introduce me to things. And, you know, I trot out my Ron Sexsmith collection. And you know, <laughs> I find jazz is good for, for thinking, good for writing, good for just oh, yeah. sparking creativity. Any music like that that isn't, you know, first course, first, that isn't the rep- repetition like that. Exactly. When it, when it yeah. can take off, it can... Yeah. 
I don't know. Your mind can take off with it, I guess. There you go. So you also went to, looks like Sawdust had a pretty uh, eclectic month, we'll say. Yes. When you went. Was that in February? Probably. <laughs> I would ass- <laughs> I would assume that it was in February. I yeah, think it was. It was in February. Yeah, there uh, there was an event where um, with um, Alistair Larwell, who actually, um, I, I, Bar Robo, he brought up some of the Massaggio Galore gang, I guess they're Quatora Galore gang, and they perform uh, something called Massaggio Galore, but I mean, they, they're, so it's Quatora Galore, and um, so Nina was there, and Connie and J.W. Curry, and then um, Connie Clayton was already also one of the uh, one of the uh, features. She was launching a chapbook, I want to say? She was or, launching uh, a chapbook. Chap it was a chapbook, yeah, but it was a chapbook that was uh, published by Badlax Press okay, from Natalie yeah. Hanna, and so uh, Nathaniel Nath- Rochette came up and played guitar, and they did her poem Mitosis together, which mm-hmm. was, that was an exquisite moment actually i do remember how great that was um so it was good and then anita dolman also read and she she had these really interesting poems about uh, suitcases found at an asylum that were really fascinating mm-hmm. so yeah that was a great that was a great event in was it um, like suitcases found in asylum so like notes or like documentary type probably stuff like that? Yeah, <laughs> probably probably <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, Tree at the end of February? You saw Jennifer Lovegrove. Yeah, Jennifer Lovegrove, and of course we did the we did our fun walkabout uh, podcast. Oh, you yes. know, uh, oh, the small yes, machine yes. walks or a movable a movable podcast or whatever you want to. That was great fun. We left the mic on while while we uh, while we walked to vintage stores and stuff. And we had the interview about her work in at the Art House Cafe. That was a lovely experience. I'd love to do that again. Yeah. And awesome. um, the other reader, the other feature was uh, Shagan Akinlolu, who we published in Byword eons like pretty much early on and he's someone who's um nigerian he he actually goes in uh, to nigeria fairly often and he's here um and he also sings and plays music he's he's great and he was great that night and he he really uh, the the uh, black squirrel books came alive well they mm-hmm. usually have, they do have music there often so mm-hmm. this was par for the court but i think everyone i know everyone really enjoyed that so that was that was a lot of fun and you did also did something for International Women's Day, a yeah. bunch of stuff, as it looks like. I know. Well, there's there's just that's just uh, yeah. This one thing it was this really interesting event. It was the 10th anniversary of International Women's Day, and so they had an event called. There was an event here in Ottawa called Hashtags and Beyond. Mm-hmm. They were giving out awards to some of the um, some of the uh, people in the community, the women in the community who have made a difference, and that was that was kind of a beautiful event. It took place at Lansdowne Park. Okay. I can't remember the name of the the uh, structure where the where the was event it the was Aberdeen Pavilion. It wasn't. It was the other one. It was okay, the, that's the only one I know. There's two that I, I know. I didn't know there was another big space that they have it. It was a good space, and then so they had um, Vernon McGregor of the Algonquin community of Kitigan Zibi Anishinek. Anishinaabeg, um, which is approximately 120 kilometers north of Ottawa, opened it up, and she was really great. Actually, I really enjoyed her um, her opening. Um, people, uh, actors from the Gomeshi Effect gave a performance, and uh, a storyteller, Leslie Parlane, and King Kim Kimbit, who's a poet and musician, gave a gave a performance, and also uh, that there was uh, tunes by DJ Seismic. So it, the whole event was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was. Um, it was really snowy night, and it was mm-hmm. quite beautiful, and uh, it was just a nice celebration of um, of sort of the differences, uh, trans women, um, 
indigenous women, all kinds of different people who are making a difference in the community. And it was it was quite a lovely event. Sounds like lots of different types of art too, artistic mediums. Yeah, and that's good. Like for, because sometimes I tend to focus so heavily on poetry yeah. and and fiction that I don't explore other options. So this again was another opportunity to um, to just just expand my mind yeah. and uh, and also get to hear some voices that I don't I've not heard so yeah, that we, was we both went to a, a non-poetry event after that yeah. on March 13th um, I know this person as a as a poet though but, but yeah. she also writes obviously non-fiction and yeah. potentially fiction as well I'm not sure Leanne Simpson yeah, yeah. well that, she's got um yeah I think um I can't remember the title of it. It's, it has the word decolonizing love. I will have to look this up. But anyway, that's a fiction type oh, okay. uh, poetry. It's she she tends to she mix uh, mix the genres quite a bit. I mean, she's she's I've seen her before. This is yeah. Leanne Simpson at yeah. uh, several events. I really like that technique. When I yeah. I remember when I was younger, I used to read like Michael Ondaatje. Some of his books were mm -hmm. were kind of blending them. Yeah, and. Um, um, Elizabeth Smart's by Grand Central Station. Oh, I love that. That's I consider one. that to be a poem, like yes, a long me poem. Too. Yeah. All people consider yeah. it uh, in fiction. Novel. Same as yeah. a couple of Andaches, like Coming Through Slaughter. Was I love that. Poetic. There's a jazz book. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So stuff like writers who, who kind of blur those lines, I find, because I like the long lines of, mm -hmm. of prose and sort of the the sentence structure, like sentences. Yeah, but, but love, love sentences. And like Gertrude Stein, just people like that, I just, um, I can get enveloped in, yeah. in their work. And also, I think of Anne Carson as well, who yeah, tends to absolutely. blend the essay with with the yeah. with the poem, and and Lisa Robertson. Yeah, we all know my favorites. Friends of the podcast, yeah. we would say, if they well. Well, we we like to imagine ourselves as their friends. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> um, so, what did you think of the event? I well, uh, other than the fact that the, it was at the Centertown Church and it was way too cold for about an hour in, <laughs> which is the problem with churches. I'm always complaining about that about churches. But um, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I was glad it was. It had a big turnout, which yeah, I was. It, it was mid March, and I was surprised to see. And it was. Uh, it, it cost uh, some money too. Like yeah, it, was, it did what, ten fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah, so it was. It was, and it was. It was host. It, basically, it was uh, the hosted by Tracy. Lindbergh, who's a writer and a lawyer in Ottawa, and um, it yeah, was put on by Octopus Books. Octopus Books. Yeah. They tend to put on um, uh, sort of activist type events mm -hmm. in Ottawa, and it, I thought it was really interesting. I like the fact that it was centering Indigenous people rather than sort of being like, you know, like just like a sort of a settler approach. And so mm -hmm. that was good. And I thought the book itself was it's called As We Have Always Done, and it was I thought it was a very hopeful book, like mm -hmm. the idea of promoting Indigenous activism and intellectualism to resist the the sort of patriarchy white supremacy and, and, and capitalism of uh, settlers and I thought I, I just thought it was very hopeful and um, I didn't buy the book because I you know I just uh, I bought I bought my admission to the thing but mm -hmm. um, no I, I mean again I, I find her I find Leanne Simpson to be really fascinating and uh, uh, people seem to. I I found that people enjoyed the event. There was a long lineup of people who were buying the books afterwards. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of questions. There too. were there a lot of really good questions. Yeah. And she she gave great answers to questions. I remember like I just remember um, I know people who came up like especially the indigenous people were asking you know for advice about how they should deal with some of these things and what they should do. And she gave very hopeful answers. She said, well, it sounds like you're doing, in some cases, it was yeah. like, sounds like you're doing what you should be, what you want to like be doing for this. And I, I like the way she listened to people in those mm -hmm. questions too. She seemed like a very approachable person. I've never talked to her in person, but uh, mm -hmm. 
I suspect she, the lineups are always too long. Yeah. So yes. I've never been able to do my fangirl around her. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love her. If we if we if we had um if we had a SoCan uh, license, we would play her music at this point. But uh, we do not. So you'll have to we'll have to put up a link and you can play it yourself. And yeah, that was good. The other another major thing that happened in March is First Fest, which First you Fest. attended much of. I only attended one event. Yeah, what talk about the event that you attended there? Uh, the event I attended was the was the talk by. And I'm going to butcher her name. I apologize. Uh, Hoa Wen. Oh, Hoa Wen, yeah. Hoa Wen, okay. Only because I've heard her pronou- pronounce it, or her pronounced, yeah. And it was, um, I, I don't go to very many poetic talks, although I'm interested yeah. in them. But there probably just isn't that many that, there's no series that has talks regularly, right? Just, just the factory reading series on this one particular, during Verse Fest, they have, yeah. they have the talks. They've been doing it now for several years. I've done a talk myself uh, for that. It, it's always, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the only one. Wouldn't it be great if there was a series like that? that would I be guess cool. it's just for the non, you know, person who's very interested in poetry, it's it's probably not going to be a big draw. No. You know, depending on this, I guess you could market the talk in a way that is in, you know, interesting people who aren't just interested in poetry, like philosophy or or academics. I don't. I don't know how you how you would how you would frame it. Try and promote it to. But it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. I thought it was a really interesting talk. I well, got, it was. I, but yeah. I'm just saying, like from the outside perspective, it sounds it's, like it's it might not. not. Gonna, yeah, a poetic talk. Like you're not going to get the average person who isn't going to go to a poetry reading to go to it. a poetry but talk. But you said if you said uh, you know the connection between '96 tears and uh, someone's you know memories of their you know sure, growing yeah. up and yeah. I don't know. I I think that, yeah. I I don't know. Again, I I love those I love those talks. Uh, Clara was supposed Clara Duplessis was supposed yeah. to give a talk but unfortunately she was she um wasn't able to because of illness so she or, or sickness so she we which was heartbreaking I did buy her book though yeah, so, so did I. that was good but hopefully she'll do it another time and the, she'll be back the thing that struck me about the talk was was I think the term she used was nerve ghost oh is that the term she used I don't remember that but that sounds great well I think the way in which she was of course, as she's talking about it, she's using it in a different way from that's kind of, there's connections going on in my brain and what she's talking about, but it isn't exact. what I'm oh. thinking of isn't exactly what she's talking about. I was oh. thinking about how I just, how I just moved and hmm. when you're getting settled, you're having like these, almost these memories that aren't fully functional memories. They're like, they're just like in the nerves or in the emotions. Like muscle memory. Kind of, yeah. Like, or, or, or something. It's something I can't quite put my finger on. Hmm. And that I'm having these, I'm being reminded of emotions, not necessarily of events, but I'm re- being reminded of feeling a certain way. It's, and it's it rem- it's the way she, in which she talked about these nerve ghosts, which I think is the term she uses, is, is kind of that. It's a ghost like inside of your nerves that, and then like as I'm going through this this resettling phase into a new, into a new space, that, that sort of nerve is getting, or that ghost is getting like jarred or awoken then it's and it's coming back to me that's great yeah no I, that sounds right and, and also yeah she talked about othering as well and and um her vietnamese childhood and immigration to the u.s mm-hmm. and she she actually weaved the concepts of warp and woof which are yeah, weaving terms about that a lot. which i found fascinating and that sort of helped me to kind of visualize what she was talking about as well though one of them was, I guess the woof was what it used to be called weft. And I remember it as warp and weft. That's why okay. it was warp and woof. But to, the idea of it going over top. So the okay. idea of, I guess, when, I don't know if it was that when she was coming here, when she came here, it kind of that was part of the woof experience. But if, um, and also included the songs of, of her of her youth and childhood as well. And uh, often these essays come out in, in um, 17 Seconds, which is put out by Rob McLennan yeah. online as part of a sort of offshoot from Ottawa, Ottawa. So that's, um, 
that's something to look out for if it happens. And the other, uh, several of the other ones are up there on, on 17 seconds as well. I'll try to remember to put a link as well to that. And you went to some other events at Tree yeah, or at First Festival. I went to quite. I went to quite a few. I mean, I don't. Um, <laughs> I had. I, the, here are some of my. Yeah, I had some highlights. What um, about um, this one? Sounds interesting to me. Jennifer Baker reading a work that erased a letter of apology from an abuser. Yeah, like that an, was like an really, erasure poem. Yeah, she did a um, a series of erasure poems. I guess there there was a letter from an abuser. It was a very effective piece. Yeah. that was the night that I was feeling coldest and probably most irritable, and so yeah. I was. I actually had to leave after hers. I was very affected and moved mm -hmm. by that. Um, um, by her. very personal. Yeah, and I've heard Jennifer read only maybe a couple of times before, and um, she was really good. I should mention something that, that is not on here that I went to uh, as, a, as a verse fest event was um, ARC Poetry did something called ARC Walks. It was their oh, inaugural yeah. one. Rob McLennan gave us a little tour of um, basically center town and, a, and a sort of near the uh, Parliament Hill, and some of the personalities and places that were sort of around Ottawa in sort of earlier like so for instance Le Ibu Cafe was on Bank Street where the subway is now okay. and um, um, above Wallach's Michael Dennis used to live and yeah. you know it's very cool it was a very cool little tour he put up he has a blog posting about it there uh, Chris Johnson was there and Chris because he representing ARC there were several people that actually came there were I, there was a, a handful of us that came like maybe Maybe mm -hmm. 10 or so mm -hmm. and uh, we ended up at Darcy McGee's after so that was right. fun for a little bit and then we went off to the festival but um, Chris Johnson had a sign that read uh, Ark Walks something like that so that was kind of fun we were walking around people are sort of looking at us you know what's yeah. that about which is fun and apparently they're going to do some kind of um, video of them there will be six overall oh, yeah. Rob's going to give four of them and then there, there's going to be an indigenous person giving an indigenous uh, uh, walk and talk and then um, um, there's going to be another one by a francophone. So six mm -hmm. overall this year. They got funding from the Community Foundation of Ottawa, something which is such a rarity, like to get funding from that, or because yeah. you have to be an incorporated non nonprofit organization mm -hmm. to get it. So for a lot of, uh, well, some publications might be more likely to be a reading series. Yeah. I don't know how, maybe they do that too, but that's um, not an easy uh, process. So um, that was very exciting to take part in. I, I, anything that offers the opportunity to do walks around Ottawa, yeah, yeah. I love that sort of thing. I've, I've been meaning to take part. There's a, there's something called Indigenous Walks yeah. that uh, I've, I would love to take part in. Never fall, seems to fall. Same with James Jane's yeah, Walk. Yeah, it never seems to fall yeah. at a time when I'm free. So I'd like to do both of those. I thought about giving a walking tour. I think I've even mentioned this in the podcast before, but <laughs> of Centertown as well. Well, whenever yeah. I, people are visiting, I'm always, oh, come on, I'll show you around here and I'll t tell you all about my life here. Well, that's it. That'll places. be fun. Well, when, when uh, Jennifer Lovegrove was in town and we walked, we walked to the various vintage stores, yeah. it was a little bit like that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I, like I mentioned, your your play set in Dundonald, what we, you know, how are you planning to do it at Dundonald yep. Park and uh, Gazenko, right? So yeah, um, next month. Yeah, next month. Oh, it's coming up very soon. So let's hope the snow is gone by then. Let's hope. Very nice. Yeah, so... That was good. Um, what about this? Um, 
of a performance using sound to modify voice to make it sound like the poet was underwater. Can you tell me about that? Razikra Ravova. Now, it's the first time we've met in person. Mm -hmm. She was, first of all, quite charming. I really enjoyed meeting her. Um, I, we, she and I were both in Untethered together, and that's how we came oh, yeah. across each other's work. I, I admire her work quite a bit. She actually has some poems in ARC, and some of those she read. Yeah, she, I guess it's from her chapbook, which I, right now I can't remember the name of. Um, so... They were very interesting. She did do a lot of modulation of her voice through a um, something she had with her to ch change her voice okay. and stuff. I don't know, like in music, I would think there would be something like a loop or something. So, mm -hmm. I, but it wasn't like that. It was something different. But it was some kind of cool effect. And uh, of course, Jennifer Peterson is, is on sound yeah. for the festival, and she did, did a gorgeous job of um, making that work. And uh, it was it was a really it was one of the most interesting performances of Verse mm -hmm. Fest for me because it was, first of all, I didn't know what to expect and right. then there was something new, but also it was an effective delivery of the work. Yeah. And also the other poem that she read was a found poem created from quotes from a racist football player and that was really effective. Yeah. Like that was like, a, I don't know, I, I felt good just hearing, like it, it, was, it was like I felt awful that this person would say such things but to have her reclaim it in that way and repurpose it that yeah. way it was brilliant it was really good so there was a, a sound poem an erasure poem like normally i i don't usually hear about these poems being done like with these types of texts were like that are you know mm -hmm. inflammatory or mm -hmm. um offensive but uh it's interesting that two different people here did some version of a found poem yeah. erasure poem uh, with with like using that as like a I don't know the, the source text if you will I guess yeah well it's it's not um, I mean I've seen that before too a lot of conceptual poetry ha has done stuff like that as well yeah. where they've sometimes controversially like you know yeah. there's the examples of um, of Kenny Goldsmith taking a Michael Brown um, autopsy oh. um, who was yeah, a person of color who was uh, killed by the police and uh, he read it out loud and that was that was very offensive to a lot of people and so mm -hmm. and then there was Vanessa Place who took the text of um, um, took the text of um, Gone with the Wind and was tweeting it out and people were offended by that too so that's I guess the sort of conceptual mm -hmm. reclaiming text um, it just depends on on a lot of factors, but um, yeah, an erasure for um, in that those cases they weren't necessarily erasure, but there are examples of that um, mm -hmm. of that sort of thing. These ones were particularly effective, I think, in the way that they repurposed the text mm -hmm. and 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 especially because they were coming from Razikra and Jennifer in the in the space yeah. that they they did it in. So yeah, no, that was that was good. Maybe we need more of those uh, to be mm -hmm. highlighted. But you're right; th those were great. Uh, do you want to talk about maybe one more uh, event from First Fest that you liked? Well, uh, let's see here. I've got so many. I've got such a long list. Let me see. Let me see here. <laughs> oh, there were so many. Okay, okay. Well, I'm just going to talk about this. Um, um, Christine McNair read, and I, I've heard Christine read um, several times, and every right. time she reads, she does something a little different in the way she reads, mm -hmm. even when she's reading the same material. So she's got, uh, her second book is called Charm, and it's out with Book Thug, mm -hmm. came out last year. So what she did, as she read from the book this time, she ripped the book 
she ripped the poems out of the book. Like it was, it was, it was like, and you understand that Christine is a book conservator. Yeah, yeah. So for her to do that, I thought, I said to her afterwards, I thought it was the apocalypse. I couldn't believe it. I had my mouth open like, I, and they weren't videotaping this. So you can't, no right. one, no one has, it was fantastic. And she said that afterward, like she threw the, uh, the, 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 the pages in the recycling bin and some people went and grabbed them and then other people threw apple cores and stuff on them. So <laughs> she took a photo. But anyway, she, she gave a great reading. Um, she's a very uh, mesmerizing reader. I mean, yes, yeah, she's a good friend of mine. So I guess you might say I'm biased, but I just think she gives a really mesmerizing reading. And she she did. She had the crowd. Um, it was afternoon. It was like 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm. By the time she read, it was like, I don't know, closer to three. It was probably because she was the last reader. Mm. People had gone over. Chris Johnson gave a really good reading that too. He mm. actually did something really interesting where he read poems that kind of inspired the poems that he also read, so cover poems. Mm. What was interesting is um, the next group was um, uh, American poets and included the poet Major Jackson. And he read uh, one of Major Jackson's poems and they said, oh, I see Major Jackson is in the audience. I said, I hope this is okay. And he's like, there was a very friendly uh, dialogue between them afterwards. So that was pretty neat. Major Jackson was one of the readers um, from the States who came up and he he was great. And his wife, Dee Dee Jackson, there were a couple of other readers too, but he read this poem that was like a comparison poem. Uh, it was an okay Cupid poem. It was like dating oh, is yeah. like this. It was hilarious. It was a really good actually. So that was fun. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, I love Verse Fest. I think it's a heroic thing that they that they do it. I can't even imagine how much organization goes mm -hmm. into that. I mean, they're probably starting again and all the different groups, like they did a really good job. I heard other great things about other events that I wasn't able to go to. There was a panel uh, on um, the usefulness and magic of poetry that sounded really interesting. I would have liked mm -hmm. to have attended that. There were all kinds of people there that I didn't get a chance to see. So Did Christine give a reason for her rip, her performance of the ripping up the pages? She did not. Yeah, okay. And she's like that. She's a bit of an enigma. So I did not ask her why mm -hmm. she did it. But I thought it was it could be very a cathartic thing to do in mm -hmm. a way, right? No. And, but uh, no, I did not ask her that question. Shall we take a break and then come back and talk about things that we've been reading? All right, let's do so. All right. So I've read a couple of books lately, and I'm sure you've read more than a couple of books lately. I've been reading a lot, but I haven't actually, I've been a little bit low on the poetry of late, so. Well, I think you have at least two things to talk about today, yeah. as do I. All right. Uh, one thing I read was uh, Emily Isaac's book. We're not 100% sure on the last name pronunciation, but uh, we're going to go with Isaac for now. And uh, the book is called Whistle Stops, a Locomotive Serial Poem. And it's published by, I think it's Signature. Let me just open this. Yep, Signature Editions. Um, so the poems take place uh, on a train going from London to Toronto over the course of, I think it's like a year-ish. Less than a year, like a, like a eight months or so. And... Um, story is that she's it doesn't say this in the in the poems themselves it says in the acknowledgments that she's visiting her partner who's going to med school in London and one of the things that first struck me I read through the poems first before reading the acknowledgments and do you ever uh, do it the other way around no I don't I always look at the acknowledgments first but, I don't know why that is but you know what for this one <laughs> I thought it could almost be like a preface because it's because it is so the time and place is mm -hmm. so important to this right. book it's <laughs> almost like the acknowledgments could be could be a preface ah. um, and and then it, the first thing that I noticed about this about the poems were that 
especially in the, the second half, there was like this sexual frustration that would come out. And then I, when I read the end about, you know, traveling to see your partner in a long-distance relationship, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, yeah, we all, <laughs> I get it. We all get that one. <laughs> um, I'm not, there's a couple of, I, I dog-eared a few, uh, few pages. He dog-eared a few pages. Yeah, as, uh, as examples. Um, okay, here. Pure attention to posture in vanilla with fewer increments of metric spin calls for a second go at recreational face sitting. Why buy the milk when you can suck the cow for free? <laughs> so like, yeah, it's also it's also funny, right? She's got a good hu- sense of humor yeah. there. That's great. So, and I noticed like the, towards the second half, it would really, and it's often at the end of the poem, the last, you know, the last stanza. Mm-hmm. And um, she has very short lines, but as you read more of the poems, it's a very consistent rhythm. And with those short lines and that consistency, it really draws attention to her her language, her word choice, a big vocabulary, kind of like these archaic words sometimes, but mm. repurposed almost like or just like the way they're the way they're juxtaposed, I guess, like gelatinous space time, like things like that. that that's a band name. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> uh, could not, be a cool. It could be band name and there's a there's a few prose poems um and i love prose poems so that's your that's your that's i thing. love prose poems um and one is it also features almost like a preface i guess actually it uh it, it doesn't give the whole story in this poem but it talks a little bit about you know the relationship with with her partner and traveling there but i'm just gonna read a bit of it because it's like an explanation it serves as a good you know foothold into the book future critics before you say that the serial poem hasn't been emotional enough for you that strange combinations of words don't break your heart consider that i never meant to hurt you <laughs> that i just want to make you laugh inside your head and look at words as if they were an old friend who went away to college and came back with a cartilage piercing and a hairless cat named after a city you can't pronounce that's great that's so much fun yeah, i really is. like that um so there's also like some random sports, particularly baseball references that I started when I noticed the second time around when I when I um, read it. And um, it's there isn't like the, the straight up narrative is what occurs in the acknowledgments and in that in that prose poem. Most of it is kind of just hinting at narrative. It's not really mm. a narrative uh, narrative poem. I also enjoy that. though. <laughs> yes. Um, and as a, the, the older I get and the more. Um, the more that I, I write and read, the more that I appreciate consistency of craft. It's nothing that, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't, I, I don't care about consistency of craft. What does that mean, consistency like, of craft? Like, when I read these poems, after reading a few, I'm like, I can tell, like, oh, yeah, this is Emily writing. Like, oh, it's, it's like a style that yeah, you... Yeah, exactly. She has a style. You could, It's a consistent style. In that, in that in book, book, yeah. Yes. And it's something that... You know, I've realized after writing, it's it takes a lot of practice to to be able to to get that, and um, it reminds, I don't want to have one. <laughs> and I can see that too. It reminds me of the conversation we had with um, Faisal about tennis, and yeah, we were oh, talking that was a about great conversation. Like whenever these like really young players come up and they're they're very exciting, but they're all are kind of erratic. They make these great shots. And it is very exciting, but then. But it's sort of almost a fluke in a way, and it's like they haven't, yeah. like it's not a, a sort of experience. Like, exactly. Yeah. So okay, like, it can go saying. either way in their in their yeah. careers. But then you have these, you know, mid-career players who are putting it all out there. They're making excellent shots. They're maybe not as sexy at the uh, as as the you know young players who was very new and emerging and uh, these breaking all these crazy shots. Unpredictable, right? They're not. Yeah, they're not oh. as unpredictable, but Ooh. they're you're you're watching them and you're just. 
if you're a person who's played tennis, you're like, oh, I really appreciate how they can make all these shots. And it's yeah. very smart. It's very well crafted. It's like kudos to you. It's as enjoyable. Um, so when I see that, I, Interesting. I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, the last thing I'm going to do for this one is there's lots of, there's lots of nice sounds. There's like ovary deep in the rhythm section. I lip sync what you shouted in your sleep. Like there's some nice sounds Ooh, like that. That is nice. Yeah. Ovary deep. Oof. <laughs> quite nice. There, there is another one that I really liked. Uh, um, sediment sexed with the new matriarchy. Lick my silt. Maybe next year. I like the sound of that yeah, too. Well, it's very, and again, the, even the sounds have a very um, um, sexual. Yeah, they do. Nature to them too. They're, uh, yeah, the, the sounds are a mouthful. The sounds are a mouthful. <laughs> uh, I'll read one whole poem and then I'll then I'll finish up with this uh, this discussion of this book, I guess, and then I'll pass it off to you for for your um, your book discussion. Uh, I like that part too. I'm not going to read too much of it. I don't want to spoil it. But okay, I'll read one poem. Um, it's... Uh... Oh, where was it actually? The problem with dog ears is you need yeah, I had too many. Do- I had too many of them. You need a special dog ear code or something. Well, you have to put oh, it... Oh, in... read this. I'm so... You know what? That's you a didn't good... dog ear it. That's a good note. I dog eared across from it. <laughs> okay, it's just called... Uh, this is one of the earlier poems. It's seven... September 17th, 83 to London at... Uh, 1652. Landfills brag to consecutive stints in allocution, how their beat-up courts and copper wire tendrils trigger guilds of rats to coalesce. The problem doused in ranker stocks of exponential juice calls autistic polygons to war. Yellow-plated signposts that oscillate in the wake of us. Ovary deep in the rhythm section, I lip-sync what you shouted in your sleep. See, I read the end of that already, but I didn't realize that was a poem. I was going to read the whole one of. So, yeah, nice sounds. Um, books, again, is called Whistle Stops, a locomotive serial poem from Signature Editions by Emily Isaac. Yeah, we'll put up the link. I, I feel that she may, I don't know if it says in her bio, but I feel she may be responsible for an interesting podcast. It might be her. Really? If, if I'm thinking of right, Emily, because I there are a lot of Emilies, but um, the podcast is one where she basically uh, has asked friends or people that she knows, family and friends, to read um, a poem and then talk about the poem. Oh, I'm not familiar if that's with her, um, I, if it's not Emily, I'm sorry, but uh, it's well, some th- Emily. <laughs> one of the things I did want to say about the book is at the end, um, there's like eight poems at the end that are that are they're all they're all playing. One's an anagram of Alperti Sistina on a train. Oh, fun! Um, and then uh, one is Thomas Hardy's on the departure platform, read to an electronic speech text converter on a busy platform in London, Ontario. So like <laughs> she's kind of re like repurposing these, yes. these poems at the and the and there so she does a lot of playful things too and there's one of the things that's not in the end it's in one of the middle poems and normally like when the like those types of play playful poems a lot of the times i'm like oh yeah it's cool but i don't necessarily get the same sort of visceral response or meaning oh, yeah. from it okay but there's this one uh it's january 28th poem it's also called the higgly pig piglity and it's, um, I don't know how I'm going to describe this, but it's it's one letter f- from each of the words is 
one line above the words. Okay. So sort of like an acrostic, but not yeah, exactly. I don't know. Here, I'm gonna show it to you, Amanda, okay. and then you can. Uh, <laughs> this you is can... a new game we're playing. Describe <laughs> what you see on the page. Descri I'm very bad at this. Describe this to the audience. Oh, good lord. Okay, let's look at this now. Um, it looks you know cool. what it reminds me of? It remind it's music. It reminds me of music. It looks like almost like um, a musical note. Like you know how when you see a. a um, piece of music mm -hmm. and you see the notes above the, okay. uh, the the or like or you see the chord chart or something okay, and, you, know, yeah. you see the chords that's what it looks like to me but the the letters that are, are raised above the lines are actually part of it so fibrous has the b uh, there's a space between the phi and the rust and the b is above mm -hmm. and so each line is like that so yes it would be yeah it plays it makes you stop it makes me stop on the words more yeah that's that. it the higgledy piggledy that's very interesting yeah. i think that it sounds like a market or something in in, in london or something i don't know or well, it maybe be. it's a it sounds like it should be a a song or a like a nursery rhyme or something doesn't it higgledy piggledy who knows yeah and it's and the words um also i should say form their own the lot the letters that are above the words form their own poem it says black forest Ooh. ham and smoked gouda with that's a market. Maple, <laughs> mayonnaise. Uh, what's the last word? On uh, Chris, probably croissant. Croissant. $7. Oh, there you go. Oh, That's, my goodness. It's she a... puts it at the bottom right-hand corner. I doesn't notice this now. She okay. puts that text at the bottom right-hand corner. Ah, you could have so. just read. But see, that could've reading it that, that way was quite interesting, too. You know and we're, we're all now hungry for that sandwich. So there you go. You know what? I saw this, too. I was like, why did she put this at the bottom of the of the poem? So you can read it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I guess I should have read the book a third time and not just twice. There you go. That's great. Well, that sounds good. And I'm looking forward to, to uh, that book. I might check it out myself when all I... Right. I have like seven thousand books to read, and I'll. But I'll now definitely you have seven thousand and one. Now I have seven thousand one. Sounds like oh, something. Um, what so, did you read lately? Okay, well, um, I've been. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm reading a lot of fiction right now because I'm hosting an event at the Writers Fe the Ottawa International Writers Festival. Mm -hmm. A little plug. It's on April 29th at 6:30, and it's featuring Casey Platt and her book Little Fishes. Amber Dawn and her book Sodom Road Exit and Joshua Whitehead with Johnny Appleseed all books by Arsenal Pulp Press it's going to be a great event but it means I've been reading I've been up to my elbows and be, mm. and my synapses in great fiction so I haven't been reading a lot of poetry lately but one thing I, I started reading in probably February and I'm picking up again is a book called Calling a Wolf a Wolf by Kava Akbar who's an American writer. The publisher is Alice James Books in uh, Maine. So it's, it's, first of all it's a beautiful book. The cover has artwork. I'm just going to find out who the artist is. It's, it's really beautiful. Uh, okay I know it says it here somewhere. Well, we'll get back to that. But anyway, the, it, that's beautiful. Oh, yes. Cover art, Il Digiuno by Nicola Samori. It's from 2014, and it's oil on copper. And it's it's raised, so it's it's been mm. stamped right into the book. And it's it's gorgeous. And it's kind it's of a... It, it looks like a man. His face is covered. And you can see his body looks kind of um, wrecked and tattooed and blood and uh, scars and things like that. It has a very uh, interesting feel to it. And the book has that feel to it as well. Um, so uh, what I would say about it is, is um, there's gorgeous imagery and language. Um, 
it's very spiritual and also it has the idea of recovery in it as poems deal with uh, recovering from i guess from dealing with alcoholism and things mm. like that so it's it's quite amazing i i just the only thing i want i i started reading this book i got it from the library and then i realized i have to own the book so that i can dog ear and write notes in the book because otherwise i'm just gonna not be able to go back to it mm. properly so i so i re-got the book again and i haven't restarted reading it again uh, the similar thing happening with uh, ocean vong's book exit wounds i love the book so much I, and those are beautiful prose poems i started to read it and then i haven't gotten back to it because i basically kept going back to the first three poems mm-hmm. so they're the, the very first poem in the book is before it's kind of a a, a, a forward to the other okay. the rest of the books is called soot so i'd just like to read it because it's I've, I've read it to a few people uh so far and i just love this poem and it, it sets the tone for me for the entire book soot Sometimes God comes to earth disguised as rust, chewing away a chain-link fence or mariner's knife. From up so close, we must seem clumsy and gloomless, like new lovers, undressing in front of each other for the first time. Regarding loss, I'm afraid to keep it in the story, worried what I might bring back to life, like the marble angel who woke to find his innards scattered across his feet. Blood from the belly tastes sweeter than blood from anywhere else. We know this, but don't know why. The woman on TV dabs a man's gut wound with her hijab, then draws the cloth to her lips, confused. I keep dreaming I'm a creature pulling out my claws, one by one to sell in a market stall next to stacks of pomegranates and garden tools. It's predictable, the logic of dreams. Long ago I lived in heaven because I wanted to, when I fell to earth, I knew the way through the soot into the leaves. It still took years. Upon landing, the ground embraced me sadly with the gentleness of someone delivering tragic news to a child. Oh. See, that poem right there, I've read, I must have read that poem seven or eight times. Now, every time it gives me shivers. Like, it's just, it's just so beautiful. And things, it's thinking about things in a very different way than I would, and yet it's thinking about things in the way I totally understand. Like, mm-hmm. I totally feel like I can really, and that's what I feel like when I read his work. I feel like it's, they're outside my own experience, yet they're not. So mm-hmm. it is, I feel very close to the work in that, right. in those books. So, so I, you, can re- you can relate to it in the sense that you can get into it, but it's also showing you something new as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. some, and a new way of looking at some familiar ex- feelings, such as grief, for instance. And, sounds uh, like a poem. Yeah, that's, it sounds like a poem. Sounds like one that we, we like. So that, that's all I have to say about that for now. But I'm going to be reading more of it, and I'll probably write about it once I'm finished, once mm-hmm. I have the time to devote to it properly. Calling a Wolf a Wolf by Kava Akbar. Another book that I read um, recently, it just came out from a new press called Hybrid Heaven, and it's friend of the podcast, J.C. Bouchard. Yay! Uh, it's poems and photographs, so each... Uh, on each right side of the of the book, each right side page, there's a, there's a photograph, and the left side is pretty sparse lines for the most part. Um, and 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 JC took the the photos. Is that yes, what you, okay. he did? And they're all um, they're all what's it called when there's like words underneath, like a caption. Oh, a they're caption. all they're all captioned with lines from the poems that are preceding the. the I photographs. want to make up some other words for that. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You could a yell. <laughs> and. Um, they're they're very they're very odd photographs, which which you know adds to the book, mm-hmm. um, of course. And how it, odd are they? Sorry, no. <laughs> uh, they're, they're pretty odd. I don't. They're just the aesthetic is is odd. I think 
Um, I don't know what you mean by odd, but <laughs> well, I'll sh I can show oh, you. Oh, again, we're it's playing this the... game again. Try <laughs> to get the, Amanda uh, to to describe, describe odd. Um, well, I, I'm the epitome of odd, but I don't know. Does this look like to you? Well, because they're not representational, so they're no. they're more abstract type uh, photos. They yeah. they play a lot with ge I would say geometry and str and shapes and oh, form. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. looking at this um, now. It sort of reminds. I'm thinking a bit of uh, Mark Rothko a little bit. Maybe they they look like expressionist photographs. That's what I would okay, say. well, that's only after seeing them for five seconds, so that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> this is a nice game. We should have a name for this game. <laughs> Describe what this looks like. I don't know. That sounds stupid. <laughs> and, and JC's poems, they have a lot of energy to them. They just kind of power. They power through. But this book, I found, um, it's it's like. He describes things, but it's almost like there isn't a place. He's all—it's it's like a search going on mm. uh, in, in these in these poems. It's it's kept almost. It feels like it's purposely vague, um, so that it feels like it's a purposeless, purposeless purpose. A purposeless purpose. Yeah. Interesting. Something uh, something oxymoronic like that, anyway, <laughs> or paradoxical. I'm not exactly 100% sure about the difference. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's beautifully made. Um, very. This thin is a book. new press too. Yeah. Hybrid Heaven. Now Hybrid Heaven is. Uh, do you remember who is involved in? Hybrid? I remember three people involved. Oh, that's good. That's we usually we forget the third. So. <laughs> so uh, there is um, Fawn Parker, there is Guillaume Morissette, and there is Thomas Molander. Okay. And there might be someone else. I'm not sure. Okay, well, but uh, they're, we'll based post in, the link. they're based in uh, Montreal. And right. there's two, there are two books that are for, I forget the, of course, I forget the name of the other, other book. Oh, I know the, I know the writer too. <sighs> We're going to, we'll look it up and we'll, we'll put it on a link. I think there's maybe initials in there. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, MLA Shirkov. Anyway, it's something like that. I okay. forget exactly. There's another book. Uh, I haven't read the other one yet, but this one's good. Um, and uh, check them out. Excellent. And we'll, we'll put up the link. We can. And you read something else as well. Yeah, I, I um, because I enter their contest, I get uh, Arc Poetry Magazine. Well, I, I would like to subscribe to them anyway. Uh, Arc Poetry <laughs> Magazine. So this is the winter 2018 issue. And I have several things dog-eared. I believe this is the first issue in which uh, Chris Johnson appears as the managing editor. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, too, the, at the uh, Verse Fest at the ARC event, there was a lovely send-off from Monty Reed. Oh, yeah. Kevin Matthews um, said nice things, and, and they gave Monty some presents, including a lifelong subscription to ARC. So oh, that yeah. was very cool. And and some, I, get, I think it was like a guitar care kit, because Monty is also Guitarist, plays music. Yeah. He plays mandolin. He plays guitar. So probably other things. So that was nice. So this is, um, uh, the artwork is quite beautiful. I can probably, Amber Wellman, uh, the cover is Shadowen, which is a, is a gorgeous uh, picture of these hands that are, look like they could be made of porcelain or something mm. with these. Anyway, you can just pick up copies. They're all over town. So I have several uh, section, several poems and several things dog-eared. The first thing that I really want to mention is the essays. I especially liked Ali Blythe's essay, essay Fierce Inventory, which is just a magnificent piece on um, um, basically, um, uh, you know, he... he Ali is a, a trans man and sort of that's th thoughts on that experience. And uh, it's a beautiful piece of work. Another essay, which I really, I found very interesting, was one about um, 
the kind of the literary community, community was called. It was by A. Light Zachary, and it was for it was for new gatekeepers, and it was okay. sort of a reminder that um, as uh, new uh, sort of um, less established people are taking over series and and uh, magazines and stuff like that, they still have to be mindful of their place in that community, and that there's some arrogance maybe that has to be dealt with in that. Mm. So I thought that was very. I thought it was an interesting and, and kind of controversial. Um, yeah. To not not really, but in in a way it was kind of, because you know you know um, Arc is a longstanding magazine, and so the, a lot of new people, a lot of younger people are taking over, and so yeah. yes, they have to be mindful. We're you know when you're even and the point is to even when you're doing something where it's an unfunded thing and it's a new thing, you still have to think about your role as gatekeeper, and yeah. so you know I thought that was a really good reminder, and I really liked it. Um, there were there's other things in here that I I really enjoy. Well, let me just go through my dog ears. Uh, someone, t Todd Hopkins, wrote a cool poem called Pigeon Augury, and I just love the imagery of this um, the this iridescent rust blue pigeon's breast. Like, there's some, some gorgeous language there. Um, oh, Rasikra Revolva has poems in the issue as well. They're, they're terrific. Again, I, I really like her writing. I mean, she's got, she does a lot with language that's just so different. Like, in this poem, it's called Interrogationis, I guess. She, she has language like, what holo metabolic state when abnegating to migrate were you incohate or imago when shirking the kaleidoscope like you mm -hmm. know what a great that's just fun for the mouth yeah, like a lot of good internal yeah rhyme. that's it so uh, yeah fierce inventory i mentioned already um then we have oh yeah um susan j atkinson who has actually been a feature at sawdust yep. um, so her marta poems are in here and i really like them i, I um i dog-eared them and uh, wrote little notes about them too um they're uh, uh, i guess she's written about uh, uh someone who is um she's made up which i do that too so i'm always mm -hmm. fascinated by that uh let me see what else here there's a really um uh, Diwali Islam has a, a really great um, feature in um, now Diwali is the new poetry, poetry editor yeah. so she's done a, there's a how poems work section so she's got haunting tensions Soraya peer based poem rainfall and I actually I would choose this as a model as to how to how to engage with a poem and how okay. to read a poem it's, it's it's quite good she describes the poem she talks about its its physical features, physical features, you know, <laughs> diction and stuff like that. And then she also goes on to talk about the, um, the sort of the, the, uh, because it's based on, um, the poem Rainfall, which is part of, um, part of the, uh, collection about, uh, Rena Virk's murder. I, I'm sorry, I'm just forgetting now. It must be in here, the name of that collection. So she talks about the, sort of in a more from a more societal point of view okay. as well so she goes into and then the poem itself is here as well yes tell poems for a girlhood by soraya pier bay which was published by uh, peddler press so that's really great i've got so many dog ears in here uh yes for new gatekeepers um what else do i have oh. Uh, Erin Noteboom, who's got some interesting, she's got a, a book called uh, Cosmology, is that, is that some? That's Erin Robbins' song. Oh, sorry, I'm getting my Erin's mixed up. Well, anyway, so Erin Noteboom is a different Erin. Uh, there are a lot of good Erin's, and she's got these very small poems, like, listen to this one called Niche. There is for each piece of the world a thing that is perfect in it. November was empty until the chrysanthemums bloomed. Like, that's just a perfect little poem, you know, and so I, I really like that. Um, there's uh, Faith Ar 
Arcaful, who I've never heard of before, How to Be in Love with Yourself. It's another really interesting poem. And then uh, Julie Minnell has, um, uh, she's reviewing several chapbooks from the BP Nickel Shortlist Review. Oh, okay. So BP Nickel Chapbook Awards. So mm-hmm. she does uh, reviews um, several chapbooks from there. So that's cool. Again, it's a very, I, I, I think it's, a, I know this is an annoying word, but I find this to be an eclectic mix of styles of poetry. And I think the essays too offer different, there's a translation feature as there is in every issue. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, Anyway, kudos. They, they're doing a good job. It's a new, new, uh, new team, so uh, that's a lot to do. So that's, that's all I have for recent reads. All right, so I want to take on one more break, and then we'll come back with some things that are upcoming. So there's some upcoming events that you've kindly listed here, Amanda, that I'm sure also on biowords.ca yeah in the calendar they, they should be there and probably more than i'm listing because more events come in every day and and because it's national poetry month it's a it's a really chock full uh, oh yeah yeah so because what happens is there's a little bit of funding too for bringing readers in out from out of town through the league of canadian poets you can apply for so sometimes there are more other than just the the standard series that we have there, uh, there's I, some here that really sound interesting um I don't know if we want to go through all of them or okay. if I we want to pick some and all. all it's, so there's a Octopus Books in the Glebe uh, coming up next mm-hmm. week. There's Daphne Marlat, yeah, um, who I really like. Yeah. Katrina Strange. Do you, are you familiar with She's her work? Strange. I, I haven't I haven't read her before. Um, there's another musician whose name is Katrina Strum or something oh, okay. like that. And Strung and I sometimes I mix up the two. But this is the teaser I was mentioning earlier. Her book is Reveries of a Solitary Biker, and it's based on I guess it has a connection to Rousseau, Rousseau's book, which is uh, Reveries of a Solitary Walker in English. So oh, that I, that should be great. Yeah, I definitely will be attending that. And there's also yeah. Brecken Hancock and Shane Rhodes. Shane Rhodes was here. Uh, he performed at Sawdust, I think, not too long ago. Was that right? That, I, I believe so. I, yeah. I think I missed that event, so I don't I, know. I came in just as it ended, so I, uh. I also missed it. Although I was <laughs> technically there, but yeah. Oops. Well, and, and also that event has music as well. So there's a $10 cover for that oh, one. Okay. So yeah, and Brecken is reading again on the 29th. So. Oh, yeah. Yes. At uh, the Factory Reading Series. Yes, that's right. Yeah. What else? What else do you want to mention here? Well, I picked the last two. So, what about uh, actually? Okay, I'll pick one more. Uh, <laughs> the next one on the list here, April fourteenth, Plan ninety nine, House of Nancy, which is a press that I, I enjoy. Yeah, um, they're a great press. Yeah. Do you know anything about uh, this this event? Well, it's it's uh, in conjunction with the Ottawa International Writers Festival. Right. It's a free event at the Manx Pub. Always their events take place on a Saturdays at five o'clock, hosted by David Amira. So it's um, Miko Harvey, whose book is called Unstable Neighborhood Rabbit, which already sounds interesting to me. Yeah, it does. Emma Healy, uh, Stereo Blind. And Emma Healy is, is I believe she's a poet in residence for Open Book this time around. Oh, yeah. So, so you can go and find it. And um, A.F. Moritz, The Sparrow, his selected poems. So that, uh, it might be a good event. I'm not going to be able to attend that one. I'm probably going to go to the... Um, the event on April 11th, and maybe the tree, which this week is uh, Adele Graff, who won the Chapbook Award, and, and Rana Bloom from out of town. So she's got a book called The Moor Out. So I probably will attend that. I should mention, too, that the news from Tree is they've got a whole slew of new directors. Oh, yeah. There's eight people, eight something like eight directors. Yeah, eight and uh, some are, like uh, Chris Johnson is still there, and some are, are, are new, and Claire Farley is still there. So... Um, 
but one of the things they they're having they had a financial shortfall so they've had to cancel the workshops for the rest yeah. of the year so that's unfortunate but or the rest of the and they they finish in june so that's unfortunate but uh their events look really good so there's those um what else can we mention on here? Well, the Writers Festival begins on um, April 26th and goes to May the 1st. They have several several poetry events. On April 28th, they uh, they have a Biblioasis, which is um, a spotlight on Biblioasis. Amanda Jernigan, Rachel Leibowitz, uh, which is lyrical essays, actually, Richard Sanger, and Paige Cooper. And that's another free event that takes place uh, at the Manx Pub as part of Plan 99 in the Writers Festival. Um, uh, on the 29th, I, I'm sad I'm going to have to miss this one because I have an event at 6.30 p.m. and I just can't, I won't be able to concentrate enough mm -hmm. to go to an event that starts at 5. So Stevie, I mean, this is a this is a, a event I would really love to go to. Stevie Howell, I, I Left Nothing Inside on Purpose, Kinesia Lubrin, Voodoo Hypothesis, and Gillian C. Panicola. So that's a free event. Again, it starts oh. at 5. And then um, also as part of the uh, Writers' Festival, there's... Um, uh, Quator Gualor, I guess I think they're performing part of Massage Gualor, and that's J.W. Curry, Nina uh, Dristic, Nina Jane Dristic, Connie Clayton, Alistair Larwell. I don't know if all those people are involved, but uh, that's the Quator Gualor current group. So uh, mm -hmm. that's part. That's on the 29th as well. And then the Factory Reading Series uh, on the same day at 2:45 with Aaron Tucker, Brecken Hancock, Christine McNair, and Rob McLennan. So yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. Lots of going on, yes. Lots of po, and that's just poetry too. Like there are other things. There's a lot of there's a couple of spoken word events. They're just getting their calendars. I know the spoken word. They have an open mic and co-directors on April 24th at Live on Elgin. So that's mm -hmm. another one. Um, there's probably other events that are going to be take a look at bywitch.ca at the events calendar and. Uh, and uh, celebrate National Poetry Month, buy books, uh, uh, chapbooks, get subscriptions to magazines, go read your work, listen to poetry. You can also check out um, calls and for submissions and calls for contests on Bywords? Maybe by yeah, maybe bywords.ca in the news section. In the news section. And then maybe Again. uh yeah, we have some links too at the bottom of the podcast normally yeah, as well. We'll put them up. And um, I think next time, well, I'm not sure when we're meeting again, but probably in May, and we'll either chat just the two of us or we'll have an interview. We have a lot of people that we're, we'd love to interview at some point coming yeah. up, so we'll start doing some of those. I think that would be a good idea. And, All right. uh, and hopefully it won't be as long before the next time. And I think it will be, and hopefully not as cold. Oh, yeah, we hope so. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jennifer Peterson for the intro and outro, to Charles for Earl for processing, to you, the listeners, and those who share the link, and, uh, of course, to Mr. Kozak, my co-host. Thanks, Amanda, for having me and for putting this together. The pleasure is all, my, well, some of mine, and probably some of yours, too. Thank you, everyone. All right, bye. Small Machine Talk. Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>